0: Each student, one by one, to stand up in front of the class and read off that screen. And what they were doing was counting your words per minute that you could read. Terrible. So there were there were like I don't know five or six students that were reading at incredible speed. And then finally, I got up, sweating bullets, knowing I can't read that fast. So it got slower and slower. Class. And by the next week, I was in the other third grade class. Yeah. By the end of end of that week, they moved me to the other third grade class because of my reading speed.
1: Isn't that something the humiliation uh, you just think that someone's intuition would tell you especially a teacher or a parent not to humiliate have your child humiliated that Hi welcome to this episode I have a friend here Called his name is a uh, Craig Fayer and we call him Tank. I want to introduce him to you. I don't want to take too much time introducing him so that you can uh, we can start right on here. Come on, on Craig.
0: <laughs> there you go. Hope you can see me okay.
1: Yeah, someone. Yeah, Craig is a neurosurgeon who um, has dyslexia, and as a child, he never knew he had dyslexia, and I think that's fascinating he realized he had it when he saw his own son struggling with some of the reading challenges that he faced as a child. So how was that for a springboard <laughs> into an introduction?
0: Would you... to get... Sorry, there was a background. Noise. Obviously I've taken a lot of tests in my life. And um, the one pivotal one for me that at that point, because of my age, we didn't really know about dyslexia was in third grade. So I'm in a class and they have a screen. They asked each student one by one to stand up in front of the class and read off that screen. And what they were doing was counting your words per minute that you could read. Terrible. So there were, there were like, I don't know, five or six students that were reading at incredible speed. And then Jeez. finally I got up, sweating bullets, knowing I can't read that fast. So it got slower and slower.
1: Yeah, that you're cutting out a little uh, bit.
0: I'll just have class. By the next week, I was in the other uh, third grade class. Yeah, by the end of, end of that week, they moved me to the other third grade class because of my reading speed.
1: Isn't that something the humiliation? Uh, you just think that someone's intuition would tell you, especially a teacher or a parent, not to humiliate, have your child humiliated that way, right? You just, but so maybe right. Right. some of these teachers just don't have that intuition or.
0: I think, and maybe they just didn't understand those things back then because I think first, second, third, fourth, fifth, all those grades, they would write, Craig needs to read more. They just felt like I wasn't reading enough to be proficient at it. So, but yeah. I think it was more, more of a disability than it was truly my not reading more. Cause I think one of my favorite authors was Agatha Christie. So I loved all those murder mysteries and I would read uh-huh. those, but it was slow, very slow.
1: Interesting. Um, you know, the other thing we hear a lot is, so, someone's not trying hard enough, they're too lazy, and man, that's just far so far from the truth because the dyslexic child does try very hard and just feels defeated because they're not accomplishing the same goals that someone working that hard would be accomplishing.
0: Yeah, and I think what I found myself doing to compensate, because like you said, it makes you feel not great about yourself. I became the class clown and
1: because I was
0: reasonably, reasonably intelligent. I could be very witty. And the, even my sixth grade teacher, Mr. Hill, who was a green beret and had a bopper, one of those big long wooden pointers with a black tip on the end of it, who was named after the most thumped kid the year before Benson bopper. And I knew how many he bops he had. So I, I went for the record for my class <laughs> and he made oh, a mistake no. of sitting me right up at the front of the class and, so I was within reach all the time; it was easy to accomplish.
1: Isn't that something? So,
0: yeah.
1: um, you compensated for to entertain the class and to be the class clown. But it's interesting that that's actually a God-given talent you have—is to to humor people. Anyway, right?
0: Right, right.
1: But yes. I know because that came out on one of our TV shows that we're on together. You were—we yes. missed you last night.
0: <laughs> yeah, we missed you guys. It was uh, Truth's 16th birthday, so
1: yeah, how cool we is saw that? Saw the,
0: the new Harry Potter movie. So,
1: oh, okay. Well, you know, I have another friend who was um, in, in the low third grade reading class in third grade, and they gave him an assessment, and they moved him to the lower th- lower grade, the lower reading level, and then he get, got another assessment, and he was put in the lowest reading level in third grade. And the humiliation just hit him, like you said. And then someone gave him another test that was a gifted test. And he shot up to the top of the class. And a whole new program was started for kids like him. Talented, creative.
0: Uh, I think, well, I mean, the the incidence of dyslexia is reported more than being left-handed, which my oldest son is. Back uh-huh. in the day, they used to tape your, your left hand behind you, and it was like a crime, or <laughs> you are punished for it, right? So, but I mean, you would think that they would learn. Because if you play like Braden, we we luckily recognized it early and got him trained in a way that he's he's he means normal speed now, or pretty pretty close to it, and he does fine. So, so if you catch these kids early and train their brain right, they they function much more quickly. So is he
1: also is he also a left hander? You said.
0: No, no, my oldest is left. Okay. But, Braden's right.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When I first so, started working. Yeah, with...
0: but another interesting thing. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, yeah, no. Go ahead.
1: Uh... Uh...
0: Malcolm Gladwell. Wrote the book, and um, he commented there's a chapter on dyslexia and it. it's called the CRT test, which is my initials, interestingly. But, <laughs> and if you give it to MIT, which is IQI is the smartest, one of the smartest. So obviously Caltech would probably argue otherwise, but um, they'll get probably about a 2.4 on that exam. So out of three questions, on average, they'll get 2.4 correct. And then, say, the next one down, Yale, Princeton, Harvard, they'll do like a 2.2. And then a more average college will be under 2. But if if you change the font to small and you change it to an italicized font and you do a bunch of things to the actual being able to read it, that you have to slow down in order to understand what the actual words are saying, every single school scores like almost 0.2 to 0.3 higher on the exam. So it's a, I forget, the exam is a test of your comprehension and the speed at which you comprehend. And so the more you slow down, the more you concentrate. So actually having dyslexia in this case, because when I tested those kids on this exam, they score very high compared to the other students because they have to slow down to read what's being written, written in the exam itself. So well, it's actually a gift
1: on that test, like you said. Wow. Um, you know, one of the things we're working on in this summer is a reading program that's going to allow the kids to design their own sentences, making the font larger and changing the color and spacing the words out as the way they want. Or So it's really different than real life, right? Yes. But it's an opportunity to play with words and play with reading, and we're going to have words on um, on a carousel where the the words will rotate if they're a certain kind of word, and then they're going to be on like flashcards, like with an arrow going to. So we're having a bunch of different fun ways to read. So That's... it's interesting that you're you're talking about the very specific reality that if a font is smaller and italicized. Everybody would be on the same page to have to slow down and focus on right. what they're reading. Right. And dyslexic people would um, read better.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, because right. even now when I take recertification exams or I continue medical education, requires that I take exams to each of, at the end of each course. I mean, I, I look at the time and I divide that by the number of questions, and I figure out how many seconds I have per question so that I know I won't fall behind and not complete it. And I end up worrying about that more than I do the exam.
1: Yeah. I've heard of someone watching the person next to them take the test and how that really just intimidated them because they were so much slower at answering the questions.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. But yeah, I just I got used to people getting up way before me. So
1: <laughs> yeah, it didn't bother
0: it, me as much. I just worry about getting all the questions answered. So
1: Well and and having those accommodations to have more time on the test. You never had those accommodations, did you?
0: Nope. Nope. Never.
1: Yeah, fewer questions, more time for your testing.
0: Uh,
1: talk about some of the victories you've seen with your son though, with with some of the been nice. Pardon me? No, I didn't say. It. We have a little bit of a delay here, so. Yeah, sorry. Share share some of the um, victories that you see in your son's life because he gets some of these accommodations and because you and Stephanie advocated for him.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think he feels more confident in taking the exams. He's definitely a better reader. I've seen him, like in Bible studies, he's totally willing to read scripture, where I'm like, not panicked, but I'm embarrassed and break into a sweat and. I know I'm going to miss a line and skip something <laughs> here or misread it, you know, or yeah, yeah. So, but he's not. He's fine. He's, he's great. He's great at reading and, and he goes through it, and I'm proud of him.
1: That's real sweet. You know, I have um, an adult friend who's in his early 40s, and he wanted me to assess him for dyslexia. Just he was curious um, what reading level he was at and what his comprehension level was at. His reading was at a third-grade level, his comprehension at a sixth-grade level, and what he really wanted to do was read his Bible. And he said, I just can't read my Bible. So yes. I think that's great that your son's able to – what's your son's name? Braden. Braden, that he's able to read his Bible and yeah. good and
0: – Yeah, but, do it in front of people. So.
1: And what does he want to do? Does he have a career in mind? Does he want to be a – I'll you talk know, he, to you a little bit later about you being a surgeon and how all that yeah, happened. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's okay. No, he he has the world open to him because he's he, right. he could go into science. He could do medicine. He's he's coordinated and an athlete, but he's also, like me, somewhat of an entertainer in the class. So <laughs> he, he plays the guitar. So he could be an entertainer if he wanted to be. So he could do anything he wants.
1: Interesting. Not not the entertainment of getting bopped on the head by the teacher.
0: For- no, yeah, it was an entertaining to <laughs> the class.
1: Seriously.
0: entertaining when I got bopped, and it wasn't me that did it. So <laughs> Mister <laughs> Mister Hill was going to allow me to kick him in the rear end, and I declined. <laughs> Said, "Okay, I just take that one away." <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's really sweet. Talk to so what is really impressive i you know i talk about the the genius mind of the dyslexic child and how we need to unlock that genius mind because like you said once a kid starts reading it opens up a world of opportunity to them when did you know that you wanted to go into um, science and be a neurosurgeon
0: i uh junior year in high school so i took an anatomy physiology class and that was it the human body was amazing it's physiology and um so and I also uh, that year tutored some blind students so I I just knew I wanted to go into medicine because mm. I like helping people and I, I like working with my hands so the combo of those three things was I've, I've got to be a surgeon so well, and actually actually what I chose to do was general surgery with a trauma emphasis so um, but I do have to deal with neurosurgeons and neurosurgery because sometimes they're not there quickly.
1: So to get through, that's very impressive. And I know you give God the glory for your successes. Yes. You work awfully hard. Yeah. And for um, to get through those classes, did you have real good support groups? Because uh, I know you didn't have accommodations in, in college, right?
0: Correct. Because Correct. you
1: didn't know you were dyslexic.
0: No, I, I would make sure I attended. There were students. So there was always one of the students assigned like in med school to take the notes. So it would be taped and then almost verbatim they would type those out. But I didn't really need those. if I was there and I sat and heard it, then I was fine. And I only needed a few few words to strike the memory of what was told to me. So my notes were more cryptic, but I understood them. And I was accused, because I always sat in the back of the class, that they can't let Thayer sit in the front, because <laughs> anything the teacher would say would be immediately absorbed by his brain. So so the, like, I made sure I always sat in the back. Plus, I'd always, like, probably joke around. I'm also ADHD, so it's hard for me to sit still. I'd be distracting at the front of the class.
1: Well, that's really Shaking. exciting. Yeah. Um- what, what would you like to share with parents um, that could be dyslexic or even that have dyslexic children to encourage them that they're not alone and just to, you know, God bless them for hanging in there and working with their kids because a lot of those kids are falling behind really fast right now, right. and they're realizing their kids have challenges they never knew their kids had.
0: I think it's real easy to think that when they're falling behind, that they can't do it and it's not that they can't. It's just the method at which they're being taught is not right. I mean the reality is a dyslexic, we use our cortex to think, well, non-dyslexics use their cortex to think. You can process probably about 250 characters per minute. Dyslexics use their inner the deeper part of their brain and they can almost infinitely you know do things. So if they learn to train themselves, They've got a computer for a brain. That's crazy. But so it's easy early on to think, well, geez. So my, my advice is to get them tested early. If you think that they're falling behind or they're just not learning right, then going to someone who knows how to test and uh, testing for multiple things, ADHD or just ADD, um, dyslexia, IQ, how much they comprehend, how much they memorize well what their focus time is, um, all those things are important. Because if you know of certain people can't have a difficult time learning things quickly, or they need to learn it quickly, they're, you need to, to spread it out, stop it, and spread it out, stop it, spread it out. So you, you'll know about more about the way they learn. So it may just be the way they learn rather than being deficient somehow.
1: And you know, you mentioned so many different tests that the school, like that a psychologist would test for. I know um, I, I screen or assess for dyslexia, but not to the depth of a school psychologist. But I can assess for the three eligibility requirements: a high cognitive score, a low reading score, and a low phonological awareness score. And if parents can't get their schools to test their kids on a timely basis to get them the intervention now, then reach out to other educational therapists reach out to me because we can provide the assessments that give you the, the write-up that you can take to your school and show these are the eligibility requirements my child has. And the, the benefit of that is the school will pay for the tutoring and it gets the, the child, the tutoring right away. And, um, You know, the assessment also gives you that peace of mind to know that your child does have the dyslexia. And we really want to look at it as a trait of genius, not, and someone said, don't call it a superpower because I never felt it was a superpower. I was always struggling with it, but it is a trait of genius that needs to be unlocked. And if kids have a low self-esteem, they're not tapping into that.
0: Right, right. And you're afraid to do things, which is not fair to them because they can do them, but they're afraid because they may have failed at doing the yeah. things that, you know, other kids that don't have this have been able to do. And it's it's not their fault, really. It's just their, their brains wired a different way and they need to learn a different way.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, let me see. I want to be sensitive to the time here um thank you for calling us from back east i know we have a little bit of a time change here and i hope the audience was patient to bear with some of the technology challenges but this has been been very interesting and i'm just you know i'm very happy to know you tank and i know your your patients are very blessed to have you as their surgeon
0: (laughs) i'm i'm blessed to have patients so um it's been a, a gift the whole way through my life. you know hindsight's 2020 and looking back from the fact that I was adopted an orphan and uh, I got to where I am today is just a miracle so
1: You know it really is and it really is and um, your parents did you did they struggle with wondering how to help you or were you pretty independent as a child?
0: I think I was pretty independent. I'm, you know, they would get the report cards and they'd say, need to read. So you get sent home probably every every quarter of the year with a book, you know, one of those lists of books you can order and so I'd order books and I'd read stuff, but
1: uh-huh.
0: still really slowly. So that, they tried to help, but I don't think they just, you know, they weren't teachers, so they didn't know what to do necessarily. So I just, I got through things. I, I mean, it, I think part of that, was probably sixth grade when three of us moved ahead in math and then seventh grade when I tested in one of my math class, like two years into college math, that I realized personally and my parents probably realized this this kid's okay. And he may not be able to read great, but holy moly, look at his math scores.
1: Isn't that something (laughs) so
0: yeah, so that's kind of what that was a big transition in my life of no, I really am smart at something, which is math (laughs) and science. I, I love so so that i it, it just it recorded more easily in my brain,
1: you know um we talk about thirty five percent of um entrepreneurs in the United States are dyslexic, forty percent of self made millionaires are dyslexic, <laughs> and that the yeah. fields the fields that they move into the best are engineering architecture the the theater and the arts, and then entrepreneurism and yeah. We always encourage them if they have a desire to go to college, that getting that assessment to get those accommodations into college is is really critical because they can be, you know, doctors and lawyers and surgeons, whatever they really have, a a cult, even teachers, you know, things that need degrees.
0: Yeah.
1: So, very happy.
0: I I mean, I, I think that's one of the big things. Like when I've gone on medical mission trips and I go to an orphanage, I think the biggest thing I do other than the lives I impact by operating on them are the kids, the 60 kids that I kneel down in front of and say, look, I was an orphan like you and look where I got. So I hope I bring the same hope to the folks looking at this now (laughs) that may have what I have to know you can do it.
1: Good. Good. All right. Well, thank you so much. And my Thank guest you. today, my guest today is Craig Fayer, and I'm going to put some information in the bottom here in the chat um, when I upload this YouTube to find out how to order our reading curriculum. Now we use music with our reading program, which is amazing because it affects that neuro. Um, it's the neuroscience of the brain how music accelerates reading for dyslexic children. And I look forward to you guys reaching out to us and um, subscribing if you haven't already to our YouTube channel, liking us, and please share this with someone else. And we thank you, and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye now.
0: Thank you very much. Bye.